As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. Welcome back, or welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, where we sometimes discuss U.S. Olympic athletes, adult film stars, and sportsman drag racers. And Jed, at least once a year, we get to talk about the baddest 25 sportsman drag racers in the world. That's oh, this is a, Yeah, this is a fun show because we get to talk about the what, for the here and now, is the top 25 racers as viewed across a wide panel of people that, that we reach out to. So it's fun to take those lists and put together this top 25. We, we feel like we know each and every individual on the list. We feel like we know a little something about them. We get to share the lanes with them. So that we're talking about our buddies and we're talking about guys that have performed at a really high level. This is going to be a fun, fun show. Love these top 25s. And uh, just really looking forward to running down the list with you, man, and talking about all these great racers. Yeah, this is a fun show on our end because we just get to, it's like positive vibes only. Like it's, we just whack yeah. on all these guys that we look up to. Spoiler alert, there's no surprises at the top. You know who's number one. You probably can name the top five, um, but that doesn't make it any less interesting to talk about. So we're going to roll through preseason 2022 Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Top 25. But first, PJ North. It's that time of year, Big Jed. Things are beginning to kick off in earnest. It's top 25 time. We're actually we're doing a we're doing a better job. We rolled this out in like 2018. 
and said we were going to do it at least every year. And then we didn't do it for like three years. <laughs> we did it about this time last year. We're going to do it about this time, hopefully next year, right? So top 25, Big Jet, explain the process. Like this isn't just my opinion. This isn't just your opinion. Uh, it goes a little bit deeper than that, right? Yeah, it does, Luke. Uh, we, we've got a, a panel, if you will, that that we feel like represents a wide variety within bracket racing and sportsman drag racing. And it's it's promoters, it's racers, it's, you know, guys that have won championships, it's guys that report drag racing and, and uh, you know, give results and so on and so forth. So we, we send out to that group and say, let's see your top 25. And certainly the, the guidelines are, I guess, very little. Basically, what we're looking for is who you deem the top 25 in the sport right now. Not This is not over time. This is not the all-time greats. This is based on what you're seeing in within bracket racing, sportsman drag racing right now. How do you think the top 25 flows? We get those results back in from the panel. And then basically it's just a point system from there where you fit is where you, how many points you generate and that position positions you on the list based on the collective data from that group and, and their top 25 list. Yeah. Kind of like the, the AP top 25 of sportsman drag racing. And we're not going to divulge our, our sources, but they're reputable, right? It's a, it's a mixture yeah. of racers, um, promoters, media members, I think all names that you would be familiar with, like uh, people that you could trust to, to weigh in uh, objectively oh, yeah. and, and honestly. And just to clarify your earlier point, Jed, you could frame this in a ton of different ways. The way that we frame this to the panel, and, and this is the way we do it each and every year, is there's a big dollar eighth mile bracket race tomorrow. Like it doesn't matter where it is in the country. Assume everyone that you think can can compete and, and would expect to compete is there. W who's your pick, right? Like what is your level of confidence? Who what would be your top 25 along that that guys? So yep. that's the way that we kind of go about this. And I think we've got a very representative top 25 here. This top 25 is solid, Luke. You anybody that's listening and certainly you or I can debate does is this person in the exact spot they should be in or how we feel or should so-and-so that wasn't on the list be on the list but I think by and large is certainly through the top 10 or so that's going to be universal I think most people are going to view these people to be top 10 racers that this list looks really solid to me all right, so we're going to count through this from 25 down to one and just give a little bit of color and analysis and opinion along the way. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So coming in at number 25, and again, this is the collective group that responded based on where they put these people on the list. This is where the points landed them on the list. Number 25, extremely solid racer, Luke, and a guy that, that hit a hot streak the last couple of years, you know, in a short spurt on a big scene that positioned him in this top 25, but certainly a guy capable of being higher on the list is Garrett Griffith. Yeah, Garrett, um, obviously young racer, super talented, super versatile. 
Um, and this is his first appearance in our top 25. I have a sneaking suspicion that it's not going to be his last. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Talented, talented young man that is going to be rising on the list, I'm sure. Got great equipment and great talent. Luke, number 24 is interesting. This guy could easily be number one had he traveled. I say could easily be number one. It's not easy to be number one on this list because the guy that's number one just went stupid. But this guy is the guy you always just seem to say, I'll take him. Every time he rolls up, you're thinking this guy's going to turn the wind light on because that's what he does. And that's Chris bear. Yeah. Bear comes in at number 24. And uh, what is the name of the game in, in, in our world, big Jed and bracket racing? It's consistency. Yes. Where was Chris bear ranked in last year's top 25? Number 24. He can't help it. Like the dude's just consistent all the way around. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's a, he's a perennial top 25. And again, if Chris gave himself more opportunities on these big scenes, big scales, uh, he would position himself a little higher on the list because he's as talented as anyone. The next one, Luke, number 23, impossible to argue against this young man's talent. He is capable of getting wind light after wind light and has done it on some big stages, continuously performs at a high level probably a little lower than he would like to be and a little lower than a lot of people might expect him to be, but still top 25 on this, this list is impressive. That's one young Corey Galetti. Yeah. It's a little bit surprising. I like, I really like the process of looking back this year's top 25 to last year's to the one we did in 2018. This is actually the first time that Corey has appeared on this list, which is kind of surprising. He was just off of it a year ago. He, he came in 27th in our vote. He's 23rd this year. And to your point, like I feel like, and, and to be completely transparent, producer Mark is the only one that's even privy to all of the lists that were submitted. Like you and I don't even know where everyone got voted, but my feeling, my sense in Corey, just because I hear racers talking is like the, the perception of his talent level is really polarized. Like I had Corey much higher on my list. Like I'll be completely transparent. I don't know that Corey was in the top 10. I can look, I think he was just outside of my top 10. Um, and obviously for him to land 23rd, there were lists that he didn't appear on at all. Right. And I think having raced with him, that's kind of insane personally, but I feel like there's a lot of stigma against like, okay, well, he's got the best of everything and he's had the best of everything since he was you know, 15. But I don't, for me, like, I just see the talent. I see what he's capable of on both ends of the racetrack. And if, if there's a, I don't have much issue with this list, like top to bottom, I think it's very representative of the big dollar scene. This is one where I'd say, I personally, I think Corey Glitty belongs even a little bit higher, but let's face it. If you're, voted 23rd in the, the country, really in the world, it's pretty elite company. So we're splitting hairs to say like, oh, he should have been 15, right? Yeah, great point. It, 23rd on this list is very respectful, especially from where the list come from, the, the group that, that put this list together. They know racing. They know bracket racing and they know talent. And to land on this list somewhere, any, anywhere, especially 23, is impressive. Luke, number 22 is arguably somebody that would be much, much higher on the all-time great list. This guy's going to go down as one of the best to ever do it. He's already there, and his, certainly his legacy is going to be that. And I can't remember the year, if it was 18 or 19, but it was the best year I thought I would ever see. 
18. in bracket racing. And then it just keeps getting redone and redone and redone. You know, it goes, then Hunter Patton does it. And then, you know, of course, somebody else that's on this list did it last year. But Kenny Underwood, Skinny Kenny, I mean, a guy that, that shows up number 22 because his results are still very impressive. Still a guy getting it done out there at a very high level impressively. But again, probably a tick low on the list when you think all time. But in today's racing environment, as competitive and difficult as it is to land number 22, still a great feat there for Skinny Kenny. It's funny, like I didn't even think about this at first glance on the list, but two guys that I think are, are, are linked for eternity because they squared off in the final of the million dollar race. And it was one of the most bizarre million dollar races ever. It's, it's <laughs> Kenny Underwood yeah. all back to back on this list. And, wow. and to your point, Underwood to, to he's, he's appeared on all three of these lists. There's, there's not a lot of drivers that have done that. Um, so he's maintained that level of consistency. It was 2018 that he had, the season that we thought would never be duplicated. That's now really been duplicated, if not surpassed twice since, which is crazy to think about. Um, and it's just the cherry on top of a career that has been incredible. And to your point, Jed, for Kenny to still be competing at that high level, like we all know the difference between Kenny, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> Kenny's 2021 season and Kenny's 2018 season is really a couple of thousandths of a second here, a couple of thousandths of a second there. Like it, yeah, in the point. end, it's, it's also, you know, it's probably $200,000, right? But <laughs> yeah. he is still competing at that high level. And I don't know, Kenny's one of those guys that you talk to him and you think he's like 40, but Kenny's no spring chicken. Like if he's, I, I, I don't even want to speak to it because he seems so young, but he's been around forever. Like if Kenny's not 60, he's got to be pushing it. And to still be competing at this level, like pretty impressive. Yeah, very impressive. I'm 50, and I, I know Kenny's probably got at least a couple of years on me. He's definitely a guy that's been doing it for for multiple decades at a high level and deserving of being where he is on the list. That's impressive. Look, number 21 is interesting to me. I, I've watched this guy from a distance. Unfortunately, I got to see a much closer view of him at the Guaranteed Million in Montgomery this year that, uh, that didn't go my way. And and in in some he was driving something that's a good good race vehicle, but not something he doesn't drive every day. Just talented, just can seemingly get in anything and go be competitive to the point where he's capable of turning on the last wind light. And that talent is very widespread. And that's Austin Williams in the number twenty one spot. I know that you have a, a you know a huge level of respect for Austin, as do I. Uh, for all he's done within sportsman racing, but this guy can come to the bracket races, the big ones and get it done as well. Now I was happy to see Austin on this list because <clears throat> I think it, it speaks to the, the growing uh, acceptance or realization of his talent, because like you could, if you were to expand this a little bit and say it's like the sportsman drag racing top 25, I, I think Austin would be higher and would have been higher every year that we've done it. This is the first year that he appears on this, I think, because he's not seen typically as a, as a big dollar bracket racer. But what Austin possesses, and this is something that we've talked about here before on the show that, that I value uh, above about anything in, in marquee standout racers and is seemingly increasingly rare year over year 
is the versatility that Austin brings to the table. I mean, this is a guy that has won NHRA national championships in stock eliminator and super comp. Like you can't really get to much more divergent classes in terms of skill set. Um, he's been a force recently in super gas. He's awesome off the bottom when he bracket races. He's great off the top when he bracket races. Like in this day and age, there is there is more of a call for specialty, right? Like this is what I do and this is what I, and I do it really, really well. And there's not, you know, what was commonplace 20 to 30 years ago that you don't see as many of the, the, the top racers that can just are the top racers, regardless of what they hop into or the, the style of competition that they compete in. Austin's one of the few that maintains that elite level across a pretty broad spectrum of classes. So I'm happy to see him uh, appear on the list here at 21. Yeah, very well said. His, uh, his talent is not defined or not limited to any certain category. He hits the top, the pro tree, and the bottom extremely well. Uh, very deserving of being on the list. Look, number 20, this is a guy that's, that's super interesting. You know, I, I don't want to diminish anything he's accomplished. He might not turn on the last wind light as often as some of the others that we're going to see on the list, but he's always a factor. You know, the, it seems like it has to go through him or he's certainly in position to get himself to that final wind light a lot. And this guy has accomplished a ton in our sport and good to see him on the list. Very deserving of the number 20 spot. And that's Will Holloman. Yeah. Holloman kind of like Chris bear, like that consistency is a key. Will was 21 last year. He's 20 this year. And to your point, like I kind of, I look at Will like a, a, a pros pro, you know what I mean? In that he's there all the time. Like he races and races and races and seemingly is always in that discussion. Like, 20 cars or less, 10 cars or less. Like he wins his share, don't get me wrong, but it seems like to your point, like always involved, always steady. And the race goes through Will Holloman or, or so many of these big dollar races do. Yeah, no doubt. He was, uh, he was definitely in that position, the, the aforementioned position at the guaranteed million in Montgomery and had a great performance there. And I guess uh, keeping him fresh on everybody's mind. So great to see Will Holloman in the number 20 spot. The next one, Luke, as we move inside the top 20, you know, this list starts tightening up a little bit to some people that are very, very, very impressive on a consistent basis. And this guy, I know how much respect you have for him. I have as much respect for him. He is probably the quietest guy that's left on the list, but he gets it done and he gets it done well a lot. And that's Lane Dickin. Yeah, I guess I understand why or how Lane falls to 19 on this list, because he is so quiet. He is so humble, um, <clears throat> goes about it in a very unassuming way. And to be completely frank, like doesn't race a ton, which I think makes his success all the more impressive. Like, I think it's really hard to show up 10, 12 times a year and compete at the level that we've really been accustomed to seeing from Lane for the last decade. If I've got one problem with this list, Jed, it's that Lane's too low. Like that dude is 100% top 10, in my opinion. I think I actually had him like six on my list. Not that 19 is a slap in the face, but he's one dude that I just think it's so easy to overlook because he goes, just the way that he goes about his business. That's a bad, bad dude. He is a bad dude. He's, you know, he's kind of all shucks a lot when he, when he's winning these races or, or going to big final rounds. But he's done it 
you know, at nauseum. He's done it so much now that we don't believe your game anymore, Lane. We we know that you're expecting to win. It's not a big surprise. So give it up, bro. You need to be a little more brash. Um, Luke, number 18, is probably the guy that smiles the most out of this top 25. Now, this guy's always smiling. He's He's not happy to lose but he's genuinely happy to get to participate on the big stages and at the big races. He's won his share. He has, he has done extremely well for himself, and he's really come on probably the last, I don't know, four years or so where he's really just inserted himself into the conversation of the best uh, quite often, and that is my main man. That mad ass, Matt Dadis. Yeah, Dadis actually down a couple of slots. I believe he was 11 on last year's list. Super talented young racer. And, and again, I think I said this about him on last year's list. What's, what's most impressive to me about Matt is maybe this isn't necessarily true today because he's had so much success off the top in big dollar bracket racing. But like when I hear the name Matt Dadis, I still think of like a standout bottom ball racer, which he still is like, but that's the first thing that comes to mind for me, for him to appear consistently year over year in the top 20 of a top ball list, uh, like speaks to his versatility, his talent, and also like just super impressive. Yep. No doubt. Uh, certainly can get it done on the bottom as well. Very impressive. And, and, you know, he's taken multiple vehicles and competed on a high level in the door car side of these events and, um, put himself in this position to be number 18 on the list. So happy to see Matt landing there. Number 17, Luke, could possibly be the best number 17 that's ever lived. Uh, you know, it could be the most talented number 17 that we've ever had on a list. This guy, unfortunately for him, has gone through uh, his most difficult season, not in terms of getting win lights, but just in terms of having to deal with his own actions, um, arguably this, you know, this is, he has no one to blame, but himself. Uh, but I know he's dealt with that and he's dealt with it really quietly and, and the right way, best I can tell. And I, I'm hoping that it's a full comeback tour for this year's number 17. That's Hunter Patton. Happy to see Hunter at 17 on this list. It's still probably low. He was number two last year behind only Gary Williams, obviously off of one of those seasons that we talked about that we've only seen replicated once, maybe twice in history. Um, this year, prior to the the drama, right, was a little bit of a, you know, a, a comeback to earth, so to speak, you know, uh, and not to say that Hunter's not capable of, of repeating what he did in 2020. I think he absolutely is. Um, but it's hard to do that in back-to-back -back seasons. I I'm proud to see him here because I think it would have been easy for kind of the, the pushback, like Hunter, wherever you stand on this, like, I think it's fair to say he's fallen out of public favor, right? Whether you agree with that yeah, or not. Sure. And, and I, so it wouldn't have shocked me if he didn't even appear in the top 25, but that's completely baseless. Like Hunter Patton is 100% a top 25 talent, probably a top 10 talent if we get right down to it. And, and I think eventually he'll probably regain that status. Um, I think the fact that he that he shows up on this list at 17 speaks to the objectivity of our panel um, and, and to not be biased by um, opinions or emotions or whatever. Like Hunter belongs on this list 100 percent. 
Yeah, he does. And, uh, you know, the actions of, of 2021, he will live with forever, but certainly it's overcomable. And this is a young man that's going to get that done. And, and whenever he's able to return to normal and his normal racing schedule and activities, uh, I, again, I know that we're going to see big, big things from him and I can't wait to see it. Number 16, Luke, just love this guy. I know you do as well. A former co-worker of yours at This Is Bracket Racing, a guy that, you know, just oozes talent every time he's at the racetrack. He can do it in the door car. He can do it in the dragster. He even came competed on the bottom at uh, at one of our events this year at Bristol. Just a, a guy that loves racing. He's as genuine as they come, and he's ultra, ultra talented, and that is one Kevin, the rabbit, Brandon rabbit coming in at 16, uh, down just a couple of spots from last year. He was 12 on the heels of his million dollar race victory in 2020. Um, yeah, I don't think I can say anything that you didn't say big jet. I, I feel like, um, for me, if it was even possible, cause I think the first time we did this, I had KB number one on my list. Like I'd, I've always had a ton of respect for him, but if it's possible to say, I think he earned even more respect from me this season, just because I think there was a, a bit of a stigma in watching KB, but like, yeah, he's awesome, but he's always the faster car, right? Like works yeah. at par, got fast stuff in his, and he weighs like 82 pounds soaking wet. Right. So that helps. <laughs> yeah. So he's chasing everybody. Well, we watched him repeatedly this season win, I think a 10 grander win, I believe a 20 grander and consistently deep in the rounds, in a Monza and it's a quick Monza. Like it's a, that's probably probably as fast as you want to go in a Monza. I think at Montgomery, he was dialed five forties, but you're getting chased a lot at that speed. And he just showed like, that ain't no big deal. I can do that too. And uh, so I think that um, um, demands even a little bit more respect. Um, yeah. He's certainly, if you said KB's sixth instead of 16th think you got no argument for me um but absolutely a guy that's deserving of being in the top 25 yeah very well said so now we move on luke to number 15 now you're really tightening that list down just another notch and we're, we're getting into some guys that you know we, we, there's a there's a recency bias tied to them there's there's the here and now effect that you know we we remember just a little bit ago they've competed well this guy he he is the epitome of that description because he won the last huge race on the schedule in 2021. The guaranteed million-dollar winner from the Great American Guaranteed Million, Tyler Bohannon, young man, Luke, that has performed very well for a long time. And Tyler's another guy that can get it done in multiple classes, no matter where the bulb of choice you're leaving on. And Tyler getting that huge win, I would have to say, propelled him a little higher up on the list, probably in about the right spot. Uh, if you base it on the recent results, he should be a little higher, but probably where he fits in the overall 2021 scheme, I think Tyler landed in a really good spot for him in number 15. Yeah, I mean, just incredibly talented racer, and I love seeing the... Tyler's no kid, but the younger generation come up, especially somebody like Tyler that has, he's a second generation or a third generation racer, I believe. 
And it's just obvious and even talking to him that he's been a student of the game since a really young age and has just kind of soaked it all in. And I think put it all together years ago, right? But that that getting over the hump, so to speak, and I mean, you can get over the hump in a bigger way than winning the, the Great American Guaranteed Million, but to make, and Tyler's won national events, like he's won, he's won a day at the OG Million before, but a splash like this and the confidence that it brings, as I said on a previous episode, it wouldn't shock me to see this be the catalyst for seeing Tyler's name in the lights with a lot more regularity in the future because he does have all the tools. And to your point, Jed, like, I don't know where to go with this. Cause I, I think it's, it's instructive to look at these lists year over year and see just how much recency bias plays a role because like Tyler Bohannon was incredible two years ago. Right. But he never appeared on this list until the thousands break his way. And he, and he's on that big stage, like, like, and flip that around the other way. Um, like Wes May was fifth on this list in 2018. He, he doesn't appear in this year's top 25. He's not a worse racer than he was. Like priorities have changed, changed a little bit. So he's not out there. So he's not winning as much. But it's just, it's interesting to look back. Like we didn't have Scotty Richardson on this list in 18. Like that seems insane when we look back <laughs> on it. But he was just removed from the sport. Like he hadn't raced in a year or two and out of sight, out of mind, right? Yep. Um, but if the, if the, the question is, there's a big race tomorrow. Anybody that you think can win is going to show up. How do you not have confidence in Scotty Richardson? But there was a time where it, we just didn't. So I obviously recent success and what's happened in the last calendar year plays a role in this, perhaps more than it should, perhaps not. Uh, but I do think it's interesting to look back on. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, again, I think a really good spot there for Tebow. And, um, you know, if he continues on the path that – and he finished – the year even stronger. Well, I say not in terms of money one, but he, you know, had another big win to follow that up. So we talked about how those big wins can sometimes just ignite you and, and send you on a roll to where you're you're continuing to do that. So uh, I see if Tyler continues that path this year, he'll probably move a little higher on the list, uh, and it'll be very deserving. Number fourteen, Luke. I want to interject here. I want to take fourteen through eleven just because these guys all have a lot in common <clears throat> for one thing, each of these four that we're about to name on 14 down to 11 have appeared on this list every time that we've done it. Right. So it's a lot of longevity there. And at the same time they're they've each um, regressed, I guess it's just slightly like all of these racers were, in or near the top 10 with the exception of one a year ago. And they're all back about four or five spots. So obviously we've got some new names within the top 10. Let's run through these one by one. Number 14, Big Jed. How about Peeps Pennington? And when I say he's been on this list every year, we've done it. I still look at Peeps and think he's like 20. He's been doing this a while and he's been doing this <laughs> at a high, high level for a while. He comes in at 14 this year, down just a skosh from eight a year ago. Yeah, uh, Peeps a perennial top 10 on these lists for good reason. His results have landed him there. Um, even, you know, Peeps is one of those guys, even when it's bad, it's good. But, you know, he's just got a fire in him that that he expects to win. He doesn't give himself a ton of opportunities to race anymore. You know, he's he's doing the family car business. He recently got married. Uh, got a lot happening in his life personally, and 
you know, he's, he's in an area of the country that it's kind of tough to go racing from on the big stages. So you've got to plan that stuff accordingly. And so peeps hasn't given himself a ton of opportunities, but he performs extremely well when he does. And a guy that, you know, it doesn't matter how many people showing up at the race when you have those pickums. Peeps is always one of those first ones off the list. You know, I, I'll take Peeps Pennington. I'll take both his entries, you know, into Calcutta. He's one of the early picks for good reason, a guy that, that uh, definitely deserves to be inside this top 15, even out uh, coming off the heels of uh, his not, not his most impressive year. Number 13 on this year's list. How about Nick Folk? Another one that has been on every list uh, that we've done for, um, you know, since 2018, um, he's down just a touch from previous years. I believe he's nine last year, similar, at least for me to, to Lane Dickin. Um, I think Nick belongs a little bit higher. Um, I had him, I think I had him seventh on my list. Again, you're splitting hairs, but at the same time, I think he's an easy one to kind of overlook. It's hard to say Nick Folk does anything quietly. Cause if you know, Nick, quiet's not really part of the repertoire, but at the same time, um, just the way that, that he goes about his business and that family goes about their business. He's not at every big dollar event. Um, but it seems like when you push the chips into the middle of the table, when it's time to have the discussion at the million or any race that pays like a ton of money, it seems like Nick is always there. And again, like I think part of it is we kind of take for granted that he's always there. Um, and maybe that's why, in my opinion, probably doesn't get his just due. Like, I, th- I think Nick's solidly top 10. If you wanted to argue top five, like, it's a really talented racer from, from top to bottom. Yeah, you're definitely getting into a, a, a name and an area here, Luke, where, where he fits in this top 10 discussion, not only for his recent results, but his lifetime achievements. Uh, yeah. this, is a, this is an all-time great in Nick Folk. I love Nick because... He's a guy that is, you know, I'm going to call it transparent, but when you say what happened, Nick, there's never an excuse. You never need to to wonder what Nick Folk is thinking. (laughs) Yeah, he owns it. You know, I, I, I bleeping missed it. Uh, you know, I, I drove like a donkey on the other end. I mean, Nick's just going to blame Nick. And, and I think that, it actually turns into him pushing himself to be great. And it, it has worked out. You said, it seems like he's always right there in the middle because he is always right there. This run of million dollar late round finishes and events has been super impressive outside of that. He's won world championships and 50 granders and so on and so forth. So yeah, Nick deserving of his high ranking. And, and again, quite possibly he's, he's a little lower than he should be. Up one spot from a year ago, from 13 to 12. Now, as we come into 2022 in the preseason top 25, how about my main man, Sugar? Sugar Shane Carr, number 12 on the list, Big Jed. Well, Sugar's another guy. I mean, you're, you're talking about legends in the sport now. Uh, you know, this is not a legends list, yet he qualifies for both. He he just continues to show up at the big events. You know, that he and Kerry and, and Dylan get in the motorhome and run across country for weeks at a time and compete everywhere and anywhere. And Shane's always a factor, you know, he's, he's showing up in the late rounds. He's winning some of these big races. He's $1 million races. Again, a legend in the sport and a guy that 
regardless of how you categorize your top 25 recent or legend, he's going to be on the list at a very high number and deserving sugar in a number 12 spot and a great spot. I think what stands out to me about um, Shane Carr, and I guess you could say this to some extent for any of those racers on this list that would have been on this list 10 years ago. And Shane's certainly one of them, right? Or maybe even further back than that in a lot of cases is just the ability and the willingness to constantly and continually adapt. Like, I feel like Shane's strongest attribute as a racer for as long as I've known him has been on the starting line. Like he may argue with me on that. If if I said that to his face, he's always been good on the tree, but in recent years, it's become obvious in big dollar bracket racing that that's the differentiator. Like cars are so much better, right? If there's an advantage to be had, it's on the starting line. And I feel like Shane is one, and there's a handful of examples of this that have just tightened the screws on that end of the racetrack and gone from elite to like absolutely unbelievable. I I think if you just had to list, I always like to say black and Decker tree wreckers, like Shane's top five, like that dude doesn't miss it and sets up tighter than anybody and is low double O a bunch. And today, unlike 10 years ago, certainly unlike 20 years ago, that's what you have to do to win. And it wasn't always like that, right? So his his abilities, willingness to not only identify that, but then to be able to execute it, that's the reason you see a name like Shane's on this list year over year over year. Yeah, very good point. Uh, again, in a great spot and um, certainly a guy that we anticipate seeing a lot out of again in 2022. I know he's going to be out there doing his thing, so – I would expect to see Shane right back here in the middle of these lists next year. All right, number 11, down a couple of clicks from uh, from seven a year ago. And this, admittedly, like this is a bit of a legacy pick, but I'm telling you again, like I'll go back to what we asked everybody. There's a big dollar race tomorrow. Everybody you think can win is going to show up. Who you got faith in? I still got faith in Peter Biondo. Um, and you could, you could definitely, you could argue as little, you could go a lot of different ways on this. You could argue as little as Pete races anymore. Maybe he doesn't belong in the top 25. You could also argue if that's the basis for the discussion, you could make an argument that Pete should be number one. Um, obviously his legacy speaks for itself. What I think, and we talked about this a little bit pre-show, the reason that I still rank Pete in that elite level. And I think he was top 10 on my list. about where he fell. I think I had him 10th. So is the fact that despite racing literally a handful of times a year, like I don't, Pete might've got out half a dozen times this season. He won a couple of them. And when you watch him compete, it's the same Peter Biondo. Like it doesn't seem like he's lost a step. Not only is he now, I think 50 years old, forget that. Like it's, difficult to kind of shake off the rust when you only get to do it a handful of times a year. And so to me, the fact that he is maintaining this level of, of competitiveness or slash, you know, domination really that we've been accustomed to for the last three decades, and he doesn't get to go race very often. I think it just makes it all the more impressive. Yeah. There's nothing more you could say than what you just said, Luke. It's, it, it sums him up. Absolutely perfect. This guy is, is a legend. Obviously, he'll go down as one of the top two or three to ever 
Sportsman Drag Race. And, and that list can put him number one or it could put him number three. And there's not much of a talent gap in there between those, no matter how you rank them. But I, I obviously got a unique view to Peter. I, I feel like I'm, I'm a close friend of his. And uh, certainly he, he ended up racing my hot rod at the Guaranteed Million. So I got a, a different look that I've never had and got to see his strategy and just how he goes about his business guys 50 years old um he sat in my car once or twice before but he, you know i'm not slow on the let go luke I, i'm 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 quicker than average but i'm not quick and this guy had like 12 to 15 thou more in the box than i ever dreamed of putting in it and i'm like unbelievable how fast he is and consistent and just overall mindset and how he goes about his racing is really impressive certainly not a guy that that turns on a bunch of wind lights anymore as you mentioned because he doesn't give himself many opportunities i don't care what race it is if peter biondo's there you show me 25 there that's better than him and i would love to look at that list it just can't happen and and he's deserving of again as you say it's a legacy pick somewhat but he's deserving of being in a top 25 list at any time it's funny the the beautiful thing about the delay box is it doesn't it doesn't matter right it doesn't matter how quick or how slow you are like you, you got plenty of adjustment there that said over the the course of my racing career whether it's doubling in a car with someone driving behind them or like passing a practice tree around. There are four people that are like completely separated themselves from anyone else, just in terms of quickness, the, the pure amount of delay they need in the box compared to like normal human beings. Those four people, Peter Biondo, Scotty Richardson, Jed Coughlin Jr., Nick Folk. There might be something to the quick thing. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. I Could remember be, years like... ago, I drove behind Scotty and this is, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm maybe average now. Like I'm not fast and, and or quick on the tree. And there, but there was a time that I, I was really proud of the fact, like I'm quick because I, I, I would hop in a car behind somebody and always add delay. Right. Like I was, I was fast. I got in a drag strip behind Scotty Richardson at, I think the track shut down. I don't even remember the name of it. Some little hillbilly joint in Kentucky. And after like he, I, I knew what he had in the box. So I come up the first round. I'm like, okay, well, I thought I hit that, but obviously I missed it. Like, I don't need that much less. After about three, four runs, I went to Scotty Richardson and said, listen, man, I don't know how you are so consistent letting go before the damn light comes on, but it's pretty impressive. He had like three hundredths more delay than I did when I thought I was fast. Oh, wow. Yeah. And like I say, <laughs> I, I, I looked in Nick Folk's car at uh, Moroso one year, and this was, you know, within the last decade. So there's LED bulbs and stuff like that. But I've never looked in a dragster and seen a number start with 1.2. And Nick had 1.2 something. Oh, yeah. 1,200 plus is getting <laughs> after it. So, yeah, like I say, just given those four, those are the four that come to mind. Might be something to the quick thing. Yeah, um, all right. So we're down to our top 10. Uh, it, the, the, uh, the select list obviously just gets that much more precise as we go. Let's, 
briefly, Big Jed, I'll run through the, the top 25 to this point. Number 25, Garrett Griffith. Number 24, Chris Baer. Number 23, Corey Galitti. Kenny Underwood came in at 22. Austin Williams at 21. Number 20, Will Holloman. Lane Dickin at 19. That Madass, 18. Hunter Patton, 17. Kevin Brannon, 16. Tyler Bohannon at the 15 spot. Peeps Pennington at 14. Nick Folk at 13. Number 12 is Shane Carr. Number 11 is Peter Biondo. Now, I prefaced 11 through 15 by saying that the majority of those racers fell from the bottom half of the top 10. So it stands to reason that this year's top 10 has some racers that were not in the top 10 last year. Uh, let's run through. All right, Luke, number 10 is a, is a guy that we've talked about a ton here since the inception of this show. He's been relevant for a for long time. A lot of different reasons. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's been relevant for a long time and he remains relevant. Seems like 2021 uh, was a little bit of a different year for this racer in terms of he had some big days, but he just never seemed to really get on that crazy run like he's done in past years. Yet his results still made him a top 10 finisher. And it's for obvious reasons, because you'll you'll be hard pressed to find a guy that that does it the way Johnny Ezel does it and does it as successful. This guy lets you know what's going on. You know, there's five, six in the bag, sometimes seven in the bag. He's doing it, uh, you know, with some different equipment he'll he'll jump in a hard tail he'll do whatever and just go out there and and compete and turn on more than his share of win lights johnny ezel very deserving of a top 10 ranking on the list and certainly the the panel that we used felt the same uh luke i know how you feel about johnny bracket racer a uh, talented talented young man yeah, actually, uh, hold serve uh, was 10th on this list a year ago, is 10th on this list yet again. Um, I think what I appreciate most about Johnny's game is typically when you think about this at the, and I don't know if this is common, but this is the the way that I, I tend to, to, the prism that I tend to view our sport through, is it's pretty easy to, to look at a racer and understand where they came from. Like myself, no different. Most of us are very much a, a creature of our upbringing, right? Like the, the racers in your area that dominate, everyone wants to emulate, right? And, and, and so styles tend to kind of follow geography, right? For lack of a better term. I don't know who the hell Johnny, Johnny Zell got his style from. Like, there's no one, there may be no one in the country. There's certainly no one in that area that went about it the way that Johnny goes about it until Johnny. And I think that speaks to Johnny, like to know him is to know, like, this is a unique dude, right? Like he beats to the, the he marches to the beat of his own drum in more ways than one and just doesn't, I may be wrong on this because I, I think it's human nature to care what other people think. I don't think Johnny gives a damn what any of us think. And just goes out there and does his thing and does it in a way that I don't think we'd ever really seen done, not with the, the level of the success that he's had over the years, like just that blatant. And, and Jeff Sarah has, has, I don't want to say emulated this because I don't think Johnny started it necessarily, um, but, but Jeff goes about it in much the same way as like, yeah, here, 
That's that, that. I just held it wide open against a red light and I'm dialed up six. Come on. Let's roll. Right. I, I just love that. Here it is. Like, come get you some, you know? Yep. I love it too. And it doesn't matter if he's uh, looking out the front window or the back window, his strategy remains the same. And it, that's, that's hard to do. I mean, that's hard as hell. And he does it well, real well. So uh, just kudos to him. And again, certainly a guy deserving of the number 10 ranking. Look, now we slide inside the top 10 and, and I'm, I love talking about this particular young man. He, if it wasn't for a guy that's a little bit higher on the list and how talented he is with the, his diversity or his, uh, his um, ability to hit the top or the bottom so well, this guy would be the one that fit in that position. This young man hits the bottom and the top extremely well. I mean, as good as anyone and can do it at the same time, just round after round after round, come in, hit the bottom bulb, come in, hit the top bulb and capable of winning. His junior dragster career was arguably the best we, we may ever see. And now he's, he's that kid that everybody said was going to do it. You know, you get a lot of those. This kid's going to be great. This kid's going to be great. Well, this freaking kid turned out great. And he's got, Luke, he's got 25 or 30 years left in him of greatness if he just chooses to do it because he's so young and so talented. And it's Gage Birch. I mean, I don't think anybody didn't know who I was talking about there, but Gage Birch is incredible. This young man is so good and so talented and a threat to win every single race he's entered and very deserving of his top nine ranking. Yeah, this uh, this continues, I guess, a, a predictable ascent in these rankings. He was 15 a year ago. He's nine this year, Gage Birches. And um, I mean, I don't want to put undue pressure on Gage, but it will surprise no one if that ascent continues. And I think he's destined to be looked at as one of, if not the top drivers in the sport. I mean, keep in mind, like Cage is in his early, early twenties, I believe. Um, and I think this really catalyzed for me um, just within the last week, um, I did a, a, a live chat on Facebook with Peter Biondo and it was centered around this, this idea. I did an elite lesson on, um, like basically discipline over ego. And within it, I, I, I told a couple of stories from my own career. I also told the story of, of that Peter had shared with me about the, the young guns versus has been runoff where he, he ran Gage Birch. And, and ultimately Peter kind of got caught up in the race and gave it back a thousandth or two. But what came out of that conversation was the appreciation that we both have for Gage because particularly at that age, um, well, let me backtrack a little bit. He doesn't ever seem to fall victim of that. Like ego doesn't ever seem to get in the way. And particularly at that age to hold the skill set that he holds, because I haven't seen anything on the racetrack that Gage Birch isn't capable of. Like if I told him, Hey man, you're just, we're just going to dial you up 10 this round. He'd be like, cool. Got it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. So. And when you possess that skill set, like, I think it's only natural to like, want to show that off. And yet you see Gage repeatedly, um, basically accept and realize like, okay, I, I'm, I think I'm really good at the finish line. I, I would, I would certainly, um, expect that Gage realizes he's really good at the finish line. 
Um, so for him to say like, I'm, I'm really good at that other track, but you know what? Um, my car's a little bit better. Like it's not uncommon for him to hold like nothing and just make great runs. And I think that is a humility that's hard to come by uh, for any of us, much less at that age when you hold the skill set that he's got. Like he's not interested. Or it doesn't seem from the outside that he's interested in like, hey, the spotlight's on me. Like, look at what I can do. He's interested in turning on wind lights and he does it almost better than anyone. Yeah, very good. Uh, very good summary of of this guy, his his uh, mindset, his ability, and certainly his results. Uh, Gage Birch is a uh, is a young man again that uh, that I'm looking for more and more big things out of, and the more opportunities he gives himself, the more likely he is to continue to to rise up the list. And looking forward to that. Look, number eight is is a very interesting pick. Um, we know because we cover the results of the, the big scale races, we know how good this guy is. And we know that his results have proven and, and validated his spot on this list, but this might be the one guy on the list. There's probably a couple more here, there, but this guy doesn't, that's all he does. He just goes to the big ones. I mean, I don't see this guy competing on Saturday night and honing his skills or, you know, racing in a, a, a little shootout, a, a $1,500 shootout here and there. He just gets on the big stages. That's really all he seems to care about competing in. And yet his results just continue to be very, very good on those scales, you know, million dollar final rounds and uh, 500 grand late finishes and, and 100 grand wins and late finishes. Uh, Kyle Cotrera comes from Elliott, Maine. Um, you know, that's probably difficult in itself to make a lot of these trips. Elliott, Maine's way up there, as you know. Uh, and, but, but Kyle continues to cash in and show his talent on the biggest stages in bracket racing. And, and again, I said Lane Dickens, probably the guy doing it the quietest on the list. If there's a, a 1A or, or a number two, it's Kyle Cotrera. He does it real quiet, but by God, he does it. First off, you just breezed by Elliot Maine and said, you know, of course I know. I have no idea. I have, like, I've driven through Elliot. I have no idea where. Well, Elliot that's why you have no ideas because it's way up there. Yeah. like uh, It's like Saskatchewan. So you don't know where Saskatchewan is, but you know it's way up there. I mean, I think like Virginia's way up there. I don't know, I don't know how far <laughs> Kyle is from Virginia. It's ways. Um, no, this is this sounds um, like an odd thing to say for anybody that is in the top ten. Um, I, I think Kyle's low. Like, I, I think the year that he's had, or, or the the few years that he's had here recently, I think warrant a, a top five. And Mark was a little bit transparent in this too, like. I actually think he probably was top five and it was just an oversight. There was one of our panel that left Kyle off the list completely. And I can't imagine anyone would, would purposely do that. Right. So I think it was just a, Hey, I forgot about Kyle Coltrera. If that's not the case, um, I mean, Kyle didn't get any points from one of our panelists. Like if, if he's ranked 10th on that list, Kyle's probably top five. And I feel like that's more along the lines of where he belongs um again splitting hairs like you're talking eight to whatever three four five um but Cal Coltrera I think has definitely separated himself as one of the very very few elite 
um, standout competitors on the big dollar bracket scene. And, and he's another, he's a younger guy. Um, I think I, I really got introduced to, to Kyle's talents several years. Oof, man, I'm dating myself a little bit. This is probably six, seven years ago. Um, Kyle was focused on super comp and we were in the midst of a, of a championship battle that neither of us ended up winning, but we were both like top five. And at that time, Kyle was really young and you could just tell the, the skill set, the confidence, the, he's another guy comes from a racing family. His, uh, his father, Steve was, a was part of the, the Jags team for years. That's how I knew Steve, uh, obviously a racer himself at, at, along the way. And Kyle, another kind of like Tyler Bohannon, like was very much a student of the game at a young age has soaked this in patiently waiting for his opportunity. And now that, you know, it's his time, he's obviously making the most of it. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, uh, to get to number five, it looked like he would have had to been fifth on that list that he was omitted from. So that, um, that would have, it would have been tough for him to crack the top five. By God, this top five is pretty nasty. So that should be hard to crack. So Luke, number seven on the list. Um, I won't spend a whole lot of time, uh, you know, blowing smoke up your skirt because it's you. And um, your initial response when Mark put the list together and compiled the points and said, you know, here it is. And you said, oh, I don't, I don't deserve to be on this list. And, uh, you know, I, I had some words, obviously, I couldn't say on air to you uh, in my response to that. But you certainly... I can't see why you don't fit right there on the list. If not higher, I, I watch you just decide I'm going to go in HRA race and you, you go win the super gas world championship. You win the division four world champ or division four division championship with all the bonus. And, you know, then you come to the guaranteed million, you bring your buggy and you compete and you win 80 grander. Uh, that crap's hard to do. And you're at a place in life where, where you don't, you don't go to near as much of this and, and really push yourself to near as much as this, but yet your results still are very, very well when you go. And, um, you know, I, I know how talented you are and everybody knows how talented you are, which is why you, you land landed where you landed on the list. But number seven is, um, is something that I, I think you, again, you, you picked that a little bit, but you've got to take a lot of pride in that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a huge honor to, to, to be included in this list anywhere. And to that, to your point, Jed, like when I look at the names on here, like I don't, I don't really feel like I belong on it. And, and I don't mean that, you know, the oh, there's humble Luke, oh shucks. Right. Like it's more of a, um, I just don't think that I do it enough to, to really be considered a, a, at that level. Now that doesn't mean like, I think in a, in a transparent moment that if you ask anybody on this list, like, Hey, do you think you're the best? Hell yeah. I think I'm the best, right? Like, I don't think you get to, to, to a list like this. If there isn't a part of you that, that feels that way. Right. Um, but just looking at accomplishments and, and, an ability to go do it week in and week out. Like, I, I think this is a little bit more of a legacy thing for me than, than like today's, truth but whatever like if people feel that way i'm gonna argue with them thank you number six <laughs> good stuff and congrats for for cracking that top seven that's impressive especially when you consider who we're about to discuss uh, all the way to number one number six you mentioned him 
uh, a couple of times already when you were talking about other racers. Uh, it's a guy that was left off the original list that was done back in 2018, I think we said. And uh, that was because it wasn't a legacy list. It was uh, what's happening right now and bracket racing list. And he wasn't going. He wasn't relevant. He's come back on the scene and made himself relevant at a very, very high level. Uh, Scotty Richardson has performed in these million dollar races, you know, winning one and then running up and late round finishes and then other big races. It looks like Luke, the guy hasn't missed a beat. I mean, he really looks as talented as he's ever been because he's racing in the most competitive environment that he's ever raced in. And his results, what limited opportunities given himself, his results are incredible. And Scotty Richardson's a 50-year-old guy like me, and I, I look at what he's doing, and it, it's truly remarkable. And I will go on to say, and I know you got plenty to say here, but I will go on to say what he's probably done is, is solidified himself at the top of the legacy list. When it's all said and done, Scotty's going to probably go down as number one now without that debate. Is it Peter? Is it Scotty? Is it whomever? It's it's most likely Scotty now because of what he's done at 50 years old. I don't know. I think there's still a debate there, but your point is valid and it's hard to argue with. Um, but no, I actually it's funny because obviously if there is a debate, it's it's between Scotty and Peter. And maybe you could put the Williams brothers in there as well. Right. Um, and maybe in 10 years, like when we have that discussion, it's, it's very much, maybe it's a broader race than that. That, that doesn't really matter for the, the purpose of this conversation. It's funny though, because I think of Scotty and Peter kind of forever linked. And as it comes to, to this list, I look at them in very much the same way. Like everything that I said 15 minutes ago about Peter applies to Scotty. Like this is a guy, he ran a racetrack all season. He didn't race. He might've got out. I don't know, like less than 10 times. And it just so happened that when he did, he's in the final, of freaking million dollar race. Like who does that? You know I mean? That, that to do it with that limited number of runs makes it all the more impressive and add on to that. Like I'm not here to disparage Scotty's equipment and you look at time slips and he's got as good a car as anybody at the racetrack, but like that 580 Chevy two would not typically be like the weapon of choice. If you just, Hey, broad pick, you know, 400 cars at the racetrack, take your pick. Like that ain't a top 50 draft pick. Right. And he makes it look really easy, just like he's done for 40 freaking years. Like it's, um, no, I mean, to you, the thing that you're never going to hear me say is like, how the hell did I come in behind Scotty Richardson, right? Like to be ranked on a list with Scotty Richardson, pretty incredible stuff. And in it case in point, he was not on our, on this list in 2018 for the reasons that we identified. He was six a year ago. He's six again. Um, it, it's seemingly when Scotty's 80 years old, he's going to be in the top 10. Like it just doesn't seem like he's, it seems like he's going to find a way. Right. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and, the the top five is is where we're going now and I, as i look at this top five the four of the five probably raced at least five to six times more than scotty did in 2020 and 2021 and he still is able to to position himself there with them 
relatively close to cracking that top five. So mm-hmm. impressive, impressive deal with Scotty. And, and certainly, um, you know, I think at a great place in his life where uh, it's, it's got him mentally right and ready to compete. So I expect sure. to see more of the same from him. Four, four of our top five probably made more runs in a month in 2021 than Scotty made on the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably so. <laughs> Probably so. So how do you want to approach this top five? You want to just continue down this list like we're going? Because, I mean, they, these are the five best and it was it was unanimous. So this is a this is a talented group that uh, is probably going to get a lot of discussion. Yeah, I think like let's just pause here for the listener. You probably have a top five in mind and you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those five names. That's that's what we're going to discuss. The only question now is is the order. Uh, I guess let's just keep in the descending order that that we've been going on. Um, five and four share the same last name. Yes, they do. Um, these these brothers have dominated big money bracket racing for over two decades now, Luke, and, and it's it's truly remarkable what this this brotherhood has accomplished i mean these two guys it is seemingly for quite some time whichever one didn't win it the other one did and then you know you look at the big scale the big scale races and they just go back and forth winning them and arguably you know, you got the Richardson brothers that are, are legacy picks and they're going to go down in history as as probably the greatest brother duo in the history of sportsman racing. But these guys, if they continue on the path they're on, they will overtake them. Now, that's saying a lot to say that they'll be better than the Richardson boys. But the Williams brothers will be the best brother duo ever if they get another 10 years of the kind of results they've been having, because they're, they're probably on the verge of that. Anyway, there's probably a lot of people that would argue that anyway. So Troy Williams jr. Is number five. We have uh, titled Troy, the, the best all time bracket racer um, in the sport. Number one on the list due to the things that he's accomplished. And Luke, I know you're, you're close to Troy. You, you know, his, driving style you know his strengths and if there is a weakness you know it this guy's accomplished so much in our sport and it's like he's still there i mean he's still capable of doing it at any time right now both of them i mean just haven't haven't fallen off at all and 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 maybe we're we're overvaluing like the the impact of of age right like i mean because it seems like we We've repeated this same story several times, whether it's Kenny Underwood or Peter Biondo or Scotty Richardson, like, wow, you know, these guys are, 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 are not kids anymore and they're not falling off at all. Like, I guess ultimately what we're tasked with doing in a race car is not the most physical feat, but there's still a lot of hand-eye coordination. Like you'd think that there would be a, a fall off, but I do think that the experience, the confidence, the um, maybe to some extent, even the reputation, like of building this time over time and over years. Like, I think that certainly balances, if not outweighs what, what we may lose physically as we age a little bit. Um, both of these guys, 
Troy Williams Jr., Gary Williams. We've we've made this top 25 three times. There have been 10 racers, and I want to touch on this after we're done. There have been 10 racers that have appeared on all three lists. That seems like actually a pretty big number when you think about how subjective it could be from year to year. Troy Williams Jr. and Gary Williams have not only appeared on this list every year that we've done it, they've been in the top five every single year, both of them. <laughs> That's impressive. Yes. Uh, Troy was five last year. He stays at five. Gary was actually number one on this list a year ago. Uh, he's, he comes in at number four this time, which is actually, get this, he's ranked fourth. That's the lowest he's ever been when we've done this. Uh, and I don't think that speaks oh. to like an off season for Gary. I think it speaks to the unbelievable season of the top three. Um, but to, to, to maintain that level, I think top five across the entire sport, every time that we do this poll, not just you, but your brother as well, every time. Um, yeah, that's, that's the stuff that legends are made from. No doubt about it. Legendary family, Gary Williams, uh, you know, was number one on the list last year, as you said, um, falls all the way down to number four this year, but you think about what Gary was coming off of in last year's list. He was coming off of that 2020 million dollar race where this guy showed a level of sportsmanship that you just don't see in racing in general, but especially at that time on that scale. I mean, he was basically given a handed a win light to go to the final round of the 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 OG million. And he said, no. All these circumstances, the way this all played out, a little, little goofy and a little odd. Let's let's back up and get a good clean race. When when uh, Rabbit uh, turned it red to him, and and he said, "Hold on, let's let's do this a little different way." Backed up and gave him another shot, Luke, and and obviously come up a little short. And Rabbit had his um, history making day there, but Gary Williams again. So impressive in what he's done on the racetrack, but to, to show that same level of sportsmanship that, that matches his uh, ability was uh, super impressive. And um, a guy that, again, that no surprise to see him number four on the list. Uh, so, Luke, now we're getting in the top three. Everybody knows who this top three is, okay? I mean, I we, so, yeah. we, we're not going to surprise anybody here. So I won't, I won't try to sneak up on any names. Number three, Stephen McCrory, the champ. Basically quit racing for, I don't know, nine months, eight, nine months. As a result, um, did not appear in last year's top 25. Let that sink in for a minute. Like how unfathomable is that at this point? Back in 2018, uh, he was he was like 17th. I could pull that up. Uh, was in the top 25, but 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 not you know among the elite. Um, so yeah, let me just preface this conversation with that. Yeah, which makes it even more impressive. I mean, basically, he didn't quit racing, but he he did he let you know that you know it wasn't something that he was interested in for a little while, getting his mind right, running his business, uh, relationships, all that stuff that that takes you away from racing at times. It took him away. And um, he come back out, you know, in what he calls fat boy weather. Uh, the, the weather got right and it got, you know, starting to get fall and, and starting to feel a little more comfortable outside. He comes out in the OK Motorsports uh, camp and just goes nuts. I mean, I can't remember exactly what all he did, but he won a hundred grander. 
I think maybe won a 50 grander or runner up one. Uh, obviously the late round finish at the, the guaranteed million, I say late round of final at the guaranteed million, which was a life changing day for him. And then, you know, hitting other good races along the way and doing well. Semi the OG million as well, right? Yeah, semi the OG million. Great point. So in a very short time frame, this guy goes from not even racing to positioning himself to number three on the list. It just shows not only what he accomplished, that speaks for itself, but the, the talent that you have to have to come out and do that. And he did it. He did it showing his cards. Uh, champ don't mind showing you that I got four in the bag here. I can go, I can go 456, nine dollar at 460 or 461. And, and you know, you got to beat it. Uh, and it's super impressive the way he goes about his business and, and really, again, a, a, a testament to his accomplishments and results to position him number three. Yeah. I, I feel like we've built this up for a kind of an anticlimactic ending simply because I don't know what we can say about these top three that we haven't already said specific to champ. Like we've talked about him a lot over the course of the last three, four months, because every time that there was a big race, he was in the final seemingly. Right. Um, so, so we've been down this road and, and I think our listeners understand the respect that we have for his talents. And, and I think just to, to zoom out just a little bit um, similar to what I said at the beginning of this, like, I don't think champ is like noticeably better, more talented than he was two, three, four or five years ago. Um, I think he's to your point, Jed, in an unbelievable kind of mental state. And, and maybe it's a spot in life to where th that really facilitates um, performing at his peak, because I think it's, it's undoubtable, undeniable that he's done that uh when the stakes have been at their biggest here recently, like it's not just the fact that he's consistently gone very deep in the biggest races, but the manner in which he's gone about it, like he's made by and large unbeatable runs. Like there was no mistake that he's at in the semifinals and the final round of these huge events. Right. And to go about it in that nature, I think super impressive, not unlike the top two drivers on this list. Um, but, but again, like to zoom out from that a little bit, um, I don't know that he's that much better. The talent's always been there, whether that's an infusion of confidence, whether that's getting the right breaks at the right times, whether that's really is truly a result of just being in this unbelievable place in life. It's probably a combination of all three and more, um, but it's just interesting to see year over year how much uh, a list like this can change. Yes, definitely. Again, a recency bias and, and a, we're, we're a product of what our eyes have seen most recently. And I'm sure that obviously got him where he is on the list, but it, make no mistake about it. It's not a, it's not some uh, flash in the pan type deal with him that, that his talent is that kind of talent each and every time he gets out there. He just hasn't gotten out there a lot lately, but I expect to see a lot more champ uh, with the results he's had. I would, I would think we're going to see quite a bit more of him this year. Um, I would anticipate another sabbatical. I think it would be difficult to walk away at this point, but you never yeah. know. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so obviously the, the top two, everybody knows who they are. So, We'll, we'll just get right into this. Nick Hastings is number two on the list. And the only thing, Luke, I'm talking about a tight points total here. 
So there was a ton of respect for Nick across the board from the panel. The only thing that kept him from number one was the season of all seasons that was had by the number one racer. So when you look at Nick and you, you see a guy that no matter where he's racing or what he's racing for, he is just so impressive. And I mean that by saying bottom bulb, top bulb, um, bottom bulbing with the top bulb. It's like he doesn't let the stakes, the, the purse, the, the class, he doesn't let any of that impact how he races. He'll go out there and be a sub 10 off the bottom against the foot breakers and then he'll go out and make that same run against the 450 dragster and if it wins it wins if it doesn't it doesn't but you know what you know with nick when he's in another lane is you're going to get his best effort and you're going to have to beat a good run and that he's got that respect from anybody and everybody that's in the other lane and it, it just speaks volumes about how talented he is and how much he is respected within the, the bracket racing and sportsman racing scene. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where to start on this Jed. Like <laughs> we take this for granted because we just expect Nick to be in the late rounds of whatever big event. Right. And we've seen, correct me if I'm wrong, Jed, I, I'm, I'm almost certain we have seen Nick Hastings hoist big dollar bracket racing trophies with the aid of a delay box. I don't, Yes. I believe that he swapped feet everywhere that he went in 2021. Think about that for a second. Like we take that for granted. This dude is number two on the list and, and inarguably number two on the list of top ball bracket racers across the world. And he hits the bottom yeah. exclusively. I mean, it's just nuts. And then everything that I said about Scotty Richardson, like Nick's got excellent equipment. Roll that thing out in the draft. It's a freaking T-1000. Like, I'm sorry, it's not getting drafted toward the top. Now, if you look at the time slips, like he's working with, he's working with quality equipment, but it would not be the top pick. Like you don't look at that and go, oh, that's the tool for the job. Like you put Joe Blow in that and they'd win a bunch. Yeah, I don't know right? Nick makes it look really easy. And just, I think to some extent, because this is not new, like this is not a flash in the pan. This has been going on for at least five years, maybe closer to 10. Um, I think this is going to age in a way that when we look back on what Nick Hastings has done, is doing, and will likely continue to do, I think we're going to appreciate it more 10 to 15 years from now, 20 years from now than we do today, because you just look back and go, what the, wait, you mean that dude was do what? He, like it's the most competitive age in bracket racing history. And you're going to strip away what I think most of us would look at as like our most, um, the, the tool that we are most dependent on. And, and Nick doesn't need that, want that. And is one of the two best racers in the world without it. It's unreal. It really is, Luke. That's a, such a, a great way of putting it and, and making sure that his accomplishments are, are understood 
I mean, you're, and it doesn't just hit the bottom. I mean, hitting the bottom sounds like, you know, that's a guy that can do it any way you do it. He swaps feet. He, he, he grew up in the world of trans breaks. He still lives there today. He competes against those and has competed against them. Yet he has chosen that even when allowed, his method is going to be swapping feet. And we talked in a previous show about hand controllers and those things and the variable they remove. And I mean, you're talking about a guy that's set his RPMs with his feet so many times and done it so consistently. That in itself is extremely cool to me. Obviously, I've got hearts in my eyes right now thinking about a foot breaker being number two on the list and and landing there every year right there at the top. But I'm just so in love with with this guy and what he's done and know him and know how humble and nice and truly genuine he is just makes it all the more better for me. And uh, I just I couldn't be happier and more proud to see Nick land in this spot on the list. And again, had it not been for number one and having what should go down as the best season ever. I mean, I know somebody's going to beat it. It's probably Nick or, or Champ or Gary or Troy or somebody on this list or maybe you, but somebody's going to beat it. But it's the best season we'll ever see until we see a better one, which may happen. But Jeff Sarah Luke, I mean, what can you say about him? He's number one on the list. It's It was unanimous. I mean, this was – this was number one on everybody's uh, – it was, it was a home run. And number one on everybody's list. There was no doubt about it. He was not listed below number one on anyone's list out of this very impressive and respected panel. This guy was clearly the best, doing things that, that nobody would think you could do. It started the year prior with the guaranteed million, racing a broken car and winning a million dollars in a broken car that he didn't even know what it would run, much less the rest of us. It continued on in 2021 at the highest rate we've ever seen, the most impressive results we've ever seen. And Jeff Sarah, super deserving of the number one racer on the top 25 list, Luke. We have talked about him. We talked about him more than we talked about anyone because he won more than anyone. What, what can you say about Jeff Sarah? I don't think I can say anything that I, that hasn't already been said or that we haven't already said. Um, to your point, Jed, we've done this three different times, and typically um, we've had three, five, eight different votes as the top driver. Like it, it gets pretty spread around. You think about best driver in the world. Um, this year there, there was no question. Like I, we, we got these responses back from half a dozen people that we pulled. They all picked Jeff Sarah, number one, we could ask 50 people. I think they'd all pick Jeff Sarah, number one. And you think <laughs> yeah. about the list that we just went through to be absolutely no question, 100% unanimous, Jeff Sarah's number one, that's un- unbelievable. But you look at, and it's not obviously, this 2021 season is something that we've never seen before that I wouldn't expect to be replicated. Although to your point, like we seems like we say that every year and, and every year somebody goes out and does something goes out and one, one ups it, but this isn't, 
a flash in the pan by any means. Like this is the continuance of an upward trajectory. Jeff Sarah was number four on this list last year. He and Gary Williams swapped spots this year from, from four to one and one to four respectively. Um, and, and you've heard me say this before. Like I've, I've watched Jeff grow and progress as a racer. And, you know, similar to some of the other racers we talked about, you always knew that the skill set was there, um, but it's obviously been refined in recent years. And then the confidence comes along with it. And just this uncanny focus and I don't know, like desire gets thrown around a lot. Like I think everyone that we've mentioned today has, has a tremendous amount of desire, but the ability to seemingly, at least from the outside, flip a switch, not just like when it quote unquote matters when the stakes are high, because I think just about everywhere that Jeff Sarah stages, the stakes are relatively high, right? Um, but to be able to continually bring that A++ game to the starting line, round after round, day after day, week after week, for multiple years now, and seemingly like never really slip. Um, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, it truly is. There's so many words that you can describe it as, but it's just unbelievable what this man has accomplished in, in arguably the tightest era of racing that we've ever seen. I mean, it just gets tighter and tighter every year, but he had some incredible runs in the other lane and beat them at some big times in the race, big moments. With, and with, with uncanny regularity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just very deserving of his number one ranking. Again, it was unanimous. Uh, it was no question about it. As, that, like you said, didn't matter how many people you asked. Jeff Sarah was going to be number one. He's also a Georgia Bulldogs fan. So, you know, it's good to be Jeff Sarah right now. Your, your team is the national champion in football. Killed my Crimson Tide. You're number one on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast top 25 list unanimously. And, um, you know, you, you're a young guy with a, with a lot of these type of years left in you. So, Jeff, congratulations. Congratulations to everybody landed on this list. Look, that was that was impressive. That's a, that was probably our best top 25 to date. Um, guys that have accomplished a ton in our sport, guys with a lot left in their future, some guys with a tremendous legacy that's still doing it at a high level. Uh, I know you got some notes here to discuss, but there were some new faces on the list too. Really good stuff. And, and we, for those of you that contributed, I don't know if you're listening or if you'll ever listen, but we appreciate you guys doing this for us and helping us put this list together. And, and I think uh, by and large, you nailed it. Yeah. Congratulations, Jeff, Sarah. Uh, 2021 Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Driver of the Year. It's official. I think I think that's got to be more than any of the accolades that Jeff's gotten recently. It's got to. It's got to rank up there. Yeah, um, I, I think it's uh, I think it's interesting too that we we, we discussed the top twenty five, and I'm with you. It's hard to argue any of those. We can we can pick nits here and say so and so should have been a, a little bit higher, perhaps so and so should have been a, a touch lower. It's a really representative top twenty five. Let's take a look at the the almost famous list. Like this was a, a compilation. How about 26 through 30, the, the near misses, 26, just three individual points away, which is not much, right? AJ Ash comes in at 26, Slate Cummings, 
was our was our second out at 27. How about Adam Davis coming in at 28? Another pretty much exclusive bottom bulber um, yep. that 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 makes this list. Uh, Steve Cisco at 29, Shane Maddox at 30, and uh, I'll go one more. Um, this year's OG Million Dollar Race winner, Adam Russell, comes in at number 31. Yep, impressive guys there. Certainly guys capable of winning any race they go to as well. And and you talk about guys like AJ that's that's done this for a long time at a high level. Um, Slade, Adam Davis, Steve Cisco, all the guys you mentioned. Adam, you know, it's it's disappointing to me that Adam didn't get more respect than he got um this is a guy that that's incredible on the racetrack but again not somebody that goes to the big high stakes events much anymore he hits the good foot brake races because that's what he does exclusively and for 28 to be the highest ranking alabama racer luke I, i mean i don't know how i feel about that that's not really unacceptable i i think we should look at this again a little sooner and make sure we get this list right. Get some more Alabama talent in it, but I'll get it. Can you still claim Shane? Well, we will, uh, because you know, that's the way (laughs) Alabama does. (laughs) So so we'll claim sugar since he's a former Alabama guy, you know, but like I said, I I think champ has to drive through Alabama a lot. That's got to count for something. (laughs) Yeah, it does. But all, all kidding aside, um, super talented list and, yeah, that, that's a hard 25 to crack right there. Uh, there's no weak points in that list at all. No, I, uh, I looked over, I, I was one of the six here. Like I, I obviously submitted a list and looking over mine, I had four racers ranked in the, in the 20 range that didn't make the big list. Um, so I thought I'd mention their name. Some of them we didn't even mention on the, uh, actually, I don't think any of them we mentioned there in the top 30. So, but I, I think are very much deserving. They were Corey Manuel. Sean Sarah, Jeff's little brother, uh, Shane Maddox, and Mike Barber, who I was kind of surprised didn't get more recognition just for the season that he had. I mean, if we're just going off of accomplishments from 2021, Mike Barber might be like top 10. I don't know. There's been a lot of big races, but but he had a a tremendous season um, that I thought warranted an inclusion in the top 25. So again, those are... uh, cutting hairs, uh, picking nits, whatever you want to say. But uh, those are four guys that I had in my personal top 25 that didn't quite make the cut. Yeah, definitely. Um, the guys you mentioned deserving of, of a mention. Um, the, I guess one thing that, that I thought was interesting was number 39 on the list was Chris Whitfield, which is the, the first site of a, of a, a West Coast racer on that list so there was some west coast talent missing again that were it their victim of what the panel sees on a regular basis but we know there's some super talent out there on the west coast some guys that can compete with anybody and that when they get the opportunity they do that but um the west coast way better than than just getting to 39th with their with their only mention on the list so Chris Whitfield, the guy that's capable of, of being a top 20 guy for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the last thing that I wanted to close with, I'd mentioned earlier on the show, and, and I touched on a few of these, that over the three years that we've done this, which is actually spanned now, uh, what, four, five calendar years, um, 10 drivers have appeared in all three top 25s. And when you think about that, it's actually a, a, a larger number than I would have anticipated. I, I would have thought that that's a really elite group, but when you look at the 10, um, yeah, that it's 
hard to argue. <laughs> we mentioned Gary and Troy Williams Jr. who have been in the top five, respectively, every time that we've done this. Obviously, Peter Biondo has appeared in each uh, top 25, no worse than 11th. Um, I've appeared in each top 25. Johnny Brackett racer, Shane Carr has been in the top 25 every year that we've done this, as has Nick Folk, Peeps Pennington, Kevin Brannon, Kenny Underwood. Yeah, very impressive to, to think that those 10 drivers have remained relevant. And, you know, nobody really in danger of slipping out of the top 25. Uh, Underwood was 22 at one point. Shane was 23. I got got uh, hashtag number 26 started that year when he was really 23rd, but somehow it was said that he was outside of our top 25 and landed in number 26, but so he's I never been outside. Of like our top I think we did a legacy thing one year and we left Shane off and that started the hashtag 26 thing. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're obviously there's been uh, I don't I, there's been no shortage of Shane Carr respect here. On, on no, Shane. we love sugar. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's a very talented guy, but uh, super impressive list there. Those 10 that have appeared in all three of the top 25. So, Luke, good stuff. Uh, that was fun to do. And certainly, um, you know, uh, again, uh, a, a list that these guys should be proud of. You guys should be proud of because uh, that was a, a respected panel that put the list together that knows racing and knows talent when they see it. And for what you guys have accomplished to land yourselves on the list. Be proud of that, my brother. That was, uh, was really cool. And a lot of fun to go down those lists and talk about it. Yeah, 100%. I, uh, I don't have shouts. I'm out of superlatives. Um, this is not going to happen just because of the, the nature of the talent at the top of this list. But Jeff, Nick, Champ, TWJ, GW, um, I don't have anything left to say. So I don't want to tell you guys, like, stop winning, but I'm out of superlatives. Um, yeah, so good job. Congrats. Luke, I'm going to put you on the spot right here. I'm going to put you on the spot. When we do this again this time next year, who is going to be the racer that didn't get mentioned that's going to just blow right up into this list and be discussed? Ooh. Oh, good one, good one. That we haven't talked about at all? Yeah, that we didn't talk about this year. Hmm. Who's due for a big one? I know I put you on the spot there. That was, I'm probably going to get scolded for that one. So, no, no, I love the, the thought exercise. I just hadn't necessarily thought through it. Um, man, I, I'm looking down the, the, the list here, and like it wouldn't surprise me if we saw like a, a John LaBouche Jr. resurgence, but I'm trying to think of like, a younger racer that that is uh, is primed to to make that giant leap that I think is super talented. I mean, I guess this is cheating a little bit because I did mention him, but and I and I thought that he should have appeared in this year's top twenty five. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if Sean Sarah follows even more closely in his older brother's footsteps. Like I think it's. You never want to say inevitable, and I don't want to burden him with with expectation, but it wouldn't surprise me a bit. And I would say, like, I expect 
that whether it's a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, I think Sean Serra is like a staple in this top 10. I think he's that talented and that driven. I think he's one that inevitably ends up really high on this list sooner than later. Man, put you on the spot, and that was a great pick. Sean Sarah's a really good pick there. I, I agree wholeheartedly with his talent level and his ability. And, um, you know, if he gives himself the opportunity to get on that big stage enough, I think he will prove worthy of being on the list. My pick, Luke, is just as much a pedigree thing as it is anything, but I, I've seen this kid, and he's really talented, and he's going to be at his share of those big events, and that's Donovan Williams. Uh, that's you know. Good. He's obviously going to have great equipment around him. He's going to have great coaching around him. And he's going to have, uh, you know, the the ability to compete at those big events, which everybody don't get. So that limits the people that might propel themselves into this group. But I think Donovan could be the next big thing that's going to to pop up on these lists. Um, just as talented young man and looking for big things out of him. Good All right. All right, Luke, that's it, bud. That shuts us down. Great stuff. Enjoyed it. Uh, listeners, thank you for listening. This was a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed it. Certainly reach out to us on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. Tell us what, not necessarily we got right or wrong, because this was a list uh, uh, compiled from uh, uh, several people, but if you don't agree with some of this or you think somebody should have been ranked in and they were out, what have you, Tell us on the on the Facebook page there. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your feedback and let us know how your list shook out if it's different from the list that we run down here. And uh, if you don't feel comfortable putting that out there for everybody to see, certainly send it in a, a private message and producer Mark snag that right up and, and get it to us. Uh, we, we'll be interested in seeing if we miss somebody as well. Did somebody get missed off all these lists? So send us those lists and let us know what you're thinking out there. Um, shouts uh, will not happen for this list because we just shouted out 25 of the baddest dudes in racing. So, Luke, we're going to give you shouts off for this one. I know you appreciate that because everybody got a shout out. And uh, certainly if you'd like to, um, to reach out on Twitter, Luke and I would love to hear from him. He's at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. I am at JP11X. Tweet us early and often. We'd love to hear from you on the Facebook page or through Twitter. But mainly, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, this was a fun show, and we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Until next time, we're looking forward to talking to you about more Sportsman Drag Race. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries. There's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling 
of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers. That's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.